You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and you're listening to Season 3, Episode 48. As the New York Rangers find themselves on a little bit of a roll, having won Uh, Two in a row, three of their last four, getting contributions throughout their lineups, contributions from their newest acquisitions from the trade deadline. And yeah, they just continue their winning ways with the big win on Sunday night over the Buffalo Sabres in overtime off of uh, an emerging K. Andre Miller with a beautiful shot and assist from Alexi Lafreniere, his, uh, his bestie. And yeah, I mean, it hasn't always been pretty at times, but this is a team that you can definitely sense the influx of just uh, upgrading their depth at the trade deadline has done wonders for them. Oh, yeah, by the way, it's me. It's Andy. Hello. Uh, again, I am flying solo on this one. I, I know I spoke last podcast about uh, and more forebodingly about why James wasn't here, uh, but I assure you he will be back and for reasons that will be his absence will be made all too clear in uh, when he does return. He's assured me he will be returning uh, this coming week. So uh, hopefully you do get to have the two of us on Thursday's podcast. But again, plenty to talk about. The Rangers schedule has been really compact here in, in the uh, dying days of March as we head towards April with the season coming down to the home stretch. and. Yeah, like I had said up top, the rain, it's, it hasn't always been pretty, but the Rangers, more often than they're not, are just finding ways to win. Um, after, uh, and you know, here's something that's pretty interesting when thinking about the Rangers' loss to the Devil and then coming back with a huge and decisive win over the Pittsburgh Penguins. It kind of got me thinking about a nice little, uh, kind of just an interesting cycle about how it works with NHL teams. So, just if you'll bear with me for a second. Uh, Going into that game, the New Jersey Devils had lost three in a row. And in those three losses, they had given up six goals in each game. I believe they played the Edmonton Oilers, the Calgary Flames. I forget who else, but they spotted each team six goals. So obviously they were pissed off and were looking for something to prove. After blowing their their doors off in the first period with two goals, the Devils finally have had enough and they give their big pushback. They end up winning the game seven to four. Um, essentially embarrassing the New York Rangers because they just 
they couldn't match their pushback. The Rangers, who were then in turn embarrassed by their own performance, uh, decisively pretty much blew the wheels off of uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins and in, beat them in decisive fashion by, I believe, a score of 5-1. to one. Uh, And then, as of this recording, uh, it looks like <laughs> Pittsburgh, who also now was embarrassed, and felt outclassed and something to prove themselves, just beat the Detroit Red Wings by a score of, uh, what is this? Was it a 10 to, 10 to 2, 10 to 3 Pittsburgh Penguins? Crazy. Yeah, so they Pittsburgh beat the Detroit 11 to 2. They beat the Detroit Red Wings 11 to 2, which is insane. So um, you have to, I wonder who Detroit plays next, because whoever they play, uh, you better watch out. Because just the way this little cycle of uh, of hate's going right now, there, I, I I'm curious to see how if there we've set off a big domino effect here. So, uh, oh boy, oh no. Well, apparently Detroit's next game um, is against the New York Rangers on Wednesday. Uh, the Rangers have a back to back where they play Pittsburgh again, and then they play the Red Wings. So they're going to have their work cut out for them. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, I do want to get back to the Pittsburgh game first. I mean, you know, in our last podcast, we had spoken about just kind of an embarrassing effort against the, um, the, the New Jersey Devils, how despite dominating the first period, the Rangers got, stopped skating and the Devils had had enough of, of losing for the time being and then just started their push. And they have a lot of team speed. And the Rangers had no answer. But I had mentioned that I thought the Rangers were closer to the team we saw in the first than we saw in the rest of that game. And I believe that's the case because, I mean, it's just been such a breath of fresh air with uh, the play of some of their um, their acquisitions at the deadline. I mean, Andrew Kopp has played uh, three games for the Rangers, and in that span, he has a goal and four assists. So he's got five points in three games. Uh Frank the Tank, Frankie Vitrano, in six games has four goals, which is pretty gosh darn impressive. And is clearly these two have brought uh, and and Tyler Mott for that for you know for that as a matter of fact have brought exactly what the Rangers need in the way of depth. Cop has been such a stabilizing presence, especially because um, Ryan Strom has been struggling as of late. So having him with Panarin and Strom has been good. Um, Strom apparently. It seems he did get hurt uh, in the game against the uh, Buffalo Sabres, and as I record this on Sunday, but and he didn't return. But apparently, in the post-game uh, presser, Gallant said nothing too serious. So, but we'll monitor that. But you know, he had a real boneheaded, uh, missed, you know, uh, failed clear and turnover, leading to you know Buffalo uh, getting getting their first goal and getting back in the game. So. Uh, but again, yeah, this is we're not talking about Strom. We're talking about Andrew Kopp and Vitrano. Vitrano, uh, by the way, gets two goals in that game. I know. I'm sorry. I'm jumping between <laughs> two games. But uh, yeah, Frankie V gets uh, two goals. And I think the span of like a minute and 20 seconds um, to start for the Rangers. And you can just see what what you know, at first I, I was dubious of all the moves that um as were most Rangers fans, they were kind of apoplectic about the fact that they had taken Alexi Lafreniere off of the top line of even though he had had sec uh, Jesus Christ, he had had chemistry with uh Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad. So obviously they they're like, Why are you messing with his confidence? This is gonna ruin him 
And lo and behold, in the two games that he's played in the third line, he scored and it, that line is now going. So now you have and you put Vetrano there and now he's a nice addition to that line because you know what he does that the rest of the Rangers don't want to do. He shoots the puck and he's got wheels. He had some team speed and he shoots the puck, which the rest of the Rangers are anemic to doing. So lo and behold, you insert him into the lineup and the Rangers look more dangerous because they're not just the same overpassing bunch they've been you know, from the perimeter they've, they've been at times this year. So he has the speed to skate with a Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad who like to fly the zone a lot and just use speed up the ice and off the rush. And lo and behold, they're uh, shooting the lights out right now. You know, Kreider remains hot with the two goals versus the Penguins. Um, he's right in the mix, although after, right after that game, I think he had two goals and I was feeling all good about it. And then, uh, Austin Matthews continues to score, and uh, Leon Dreisaitl had a hat trick. So, uh, but he's he's hanging on for third place right now, and he just keeps again. He won't go away. So that it's, that's going to be interesting. I don't think anyone beats Matthews, but who knows? Maybe he can finish in second place. We'll see. But even if even if he doesn't, just finishing in the top five in goal scoring is is crazy for a guy like Chris Kreider, much less the top three. So, um, yeah, we hope he keeps it going, but. Again, it's just amazing what the depth has done for this Rangers team. You know, they've it, it, obviously, it, I'm sure it pains Gallant to lose some of his guys in McKeg and Rooney and Reeves, but, you know, they've been replaced with, you know, the, I mean, at, the, at their core, these guys are ultimately borderline AHL 13th forward tweeners. And now you've got just the more, and this is a team that, the, you know, without Capo Caco. So just slotting more, uh, just bona fide NHLers in those in those slots. It just helps, you know, gives a, a the fourth line a more dangerous look because you have Tyler Mott and uh, Dryden Hunt, you know, and, and just when and, and that's the thing though is that you see that Gallant will mix and match every so and then just to get a just to get a quick look. So you know, sometimes if he wants to win a key face off, he'll put Cop out there. Um, even if it's uh, if you know Mika and Kreider are on the first line, and I say first line quotes so that Mika and Kreider are on, he'll put Cop there, win a face off, and you know it just uh, sometimes you'll find different guys on the ice, but that's the way Gallant likes to play it. He almost doesn't want to worry so much about as long as there's two wingers and a center on the ice. I think he's happy. You know what I mean? And he just that's he like that's the almost the recipe that brought him success when he went to the, the cup final with Vegas and just having a bunch of interchangeable guys. And that's what he wants. So the more NHL talent you have, the more you can do that with. So, but yeah, the returns on the, uh, the early returns on the new Rangers have been absolutely excellent so far. And yeah, even Tyler Mott, his penalty kiss, his, his, the speed he brings to the, just the Rangers in general, the fourth line, his penalty killing abilities have been excellent. and. Yeah, I mean, again, this is a team that looks like it can actually do some damage um, in the postseason. But they're, listen, they're not without their warts because as good as that bounce back was in the Pittsburgh game, they absolutely dominate the first period again against uh, Buffalo here on Sunday. But, you know, then they just take their foot off the gas and they kind of have some a bunch of brain farts in the middle of that game. And it's they allow, a, you know, they allow a, a real bad goal at the uh dying seconds of the first period, one that uh, Alexander Georgiev had no chance on because just a guy left along the doorstop, no one to pick him up. 
And there was a couple of those, just letting guys sneak into the slot and just you know take shots or just get walk walk the defenders. Just a lot of too loose, not non combative play. And I think that's been the biggest problem with this Rangers team is that you know I think all NHL teams, if you think about it, all every team in the NHL this season has had dominating performances. Even the teams in last place, Montreal has had some big gutsy wins. Uh, the Coyotes have put up big numbers on other teams. The Devils have put big numbers on other teams. There's no, really, at the end of the day, there's like, no, there's no team in the NHL that can't beat the best team on any given night. It's just about the the good teams are more consistent. And the Rangers, even though they've more consistently won games, you know, their effort hasn't always been consistent. So, of course, they go up early again, two goals on a team in the first, but then they let the other team push back and not only get back into it, but take the lead. But, you know, again, they... uh they're able to somehow go tête-à-tête with the Sabres and get to overtime where uh, Andrew Kopp finds himself on the ice after there's a bunch of chances back and forth off the rush. Uh, you know, Zibanejad, Truba, and uh, Panarin almost end it as a puck squeaks to Panarin. He just has to kind of stash in the side of the net that's open uh, with Craig Anderson, but I think he just kind of shanks it and just whatever. It's bouncing all over the place. But then, yeah, like I said, Andrew Kopp, Alexi Lafreniere, who has been absolutely hot, um, finds himself going up the ice with uh, Keandre Miller, who is also, like I've spoken about, just his emerging play on our last podcast. Um, and yeah, Cop makes a you know a, a great pickpocket play, goes back up the ice, gets it to Lafreniere, who makes a you know drops yet another Laffy dime across the ice to Keandre, and he just wicked release, just puts it short side, blows it by Anderson, and in his first ever OT winner of his career. Uh, and that's what you like to see, you know, the two, two youngsters and one of the newest Rangers just uh, getting it done for the team on, on a night where they didn't have it for the full 60. Cause yes, they definitely had it the full 60 against the penguins, but I just, I don't know by way merit of it being Buffalo um, just being a team, maybe they considered under them. They took their foot off the gas and listen, Buffalo has been making it to overtime or the shootout in most of their games and they they're playing hard. You know, they don't have, a crazy amount of, uh, you know, at least superstar talent, but they have talent. And, you know, Tage Thompson has been excellent for them. And, uh, you know, Alex Tuck and, and just, they have some good pieces. They have good young pieces who are just hungry and just trying to prove that they're not losers. You know what I mean? So they play hard and they, they stuck with it and they, you know, the whole game, but you know, again, the, the Rangers are able to use their, their young talent to dig themselves out of the hole they created for themselves. So that was good. And they, you know, they pick up, you know, a vital two points. Um, because like I said, now they are, they find themselves, they're still third in the Metro. Cause like I said, Pittsburgh defeated Detroit by a score of 11 to two yikes. But, um, the Penguins are only one point ahead with, uh, one game in hand. So, or excuse me, the Rangers have one game in hand on Pittsburgh despite trailing by one point. So, uh, they meet on Tuesday. So that's obviously a huge game in terms of locking up home ice. If you think there's no chance of catching first, you're basically Pittsburgh and the Rangers are are jockeying for uh, home ice advantage, so that's going to be a huge game. Uh, and we'll yeah we'll see which team wants it more. You got to hope it's the Rangers. But then again, after coming off of a Malkin coming back and then scoring eleven goals on, uh, you know they're going to go back to Igor. You know that, so we'll see. Um, but that's going to be a huge game. But again, we'll talk about that in a little bit. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. 
As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I had mentioned it, you know, just briefly a second ago, but man, Alexi Lafreniere, you want to talk about turning a corner again. Most Ranger fans were really upset when Gallant took him off the top line, but uh, you're looking for balance going to the playoffs and just Lafreniere remains hot and he's given a a chance to try to be the driving force in his own line. And you, you can argue that he really has. I mean, Definitely has gotten Philip Heedel going, and you can argue maybe who's really driving that line. But you know, Lafreniere has—I believe it's. Uh, uh, let's see. Let's let's go to Twitter. Oh, thanks to Nathan uh, Gravite on Twitter, Alexi Lafreniere has seven points in his last six games played, and he had five assists in the fifty-eight games before that. As as we uh, all <laughs> Rangers fans have were endlessly reminded that he wasn't producing. But yeah, he now has five assists in his uh, last six games. He gets you know a goal and assist on the OT winner tonight. Uh, yeah, he just it looks like he's really turned a corner. He's all the things that he was not doing early in his NHL career. He's doing now. He moves his feet. He's in good position. Uh, he's definitely more of a two hundred foot player. Um, I don't think he's a revelation defensively or anything, but you know he he hustles. He tries to get his stick in lanes and he tries to disrupt passes and, and hound, you know, on the forecheck and puck carriers. And he's just, he's just winning more battles. But I think the difference is he's just being smarter instead of just trying to go in and use, you know, his strength against grown men, which I don't think is always working, even though he's a big, he's a big kid, but, you know, momentum and timing and, and a good stick is, is usually more important to do that. And I think he's doing that more. I think he uses his feet more in board battles and he uses his stick more to poke it. And yeah, use your hockey sense. That's what you have the advantage he has over the average dime a dozen NHL player. And he's been doing that. And lo and behold, he's been able to maintain possession on the cycle and just make better passes. And yeah, it's just, he's playing a more confident, decisive game and he just shoots the puck. He had a great chance on a, a breakaway. He slipped behind the play. And I think, um, you know, he just gets a nice pass off the ice. I forget who, 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 who on defense gave it to him, but, you know, just he had a breakaway and he just nice, hard, low shot trying to pick a, you know, a low post on Craig Anderson, you know, and I think Anderson made a nice save. But uh, again, it's just, you know, he's losing the confidence now. And um, yeah, I mean, again, he's just this, he's doing, he's producing all without power play time. And you know, but I think that's okay. honestly, if you ask him, he's probably fine with that because you know you get the choice. It's like, do you want to be? You can be playing all situations on a team. If you know, especially it's only selected what two two years ago. Usually, the first overall picks you're on a team that's rebuilding and is you know just not that good, especially not bound for the playoffs. And yes, you can play in all situations on a team that's going nowhere. But he's got he has a chance to be a contributor to. Uh, 
a cup contender. You know, obviously as Ranger fans, we hope that doesn't hurt his development because you can say what you want about the New Jersey Devils, but uh, they have a big victory tonight and Jack Hughes has emerged as a superstar and he's been able to play through his warts, even though that the team around him maybe isn't, you know, just maybe isn't good yet, but he's going to be a good player for a long time. He's going to be elite player for a long time. So, but you know, Lafreniere gets a choice to be, uh, oh, as my cat tries to knock over my keyboard. Um, he gets a chance to be a contributor to a team that's gunning for a Stanley cup now. So, uh, but yeah, it's really just, it's really, you know, obviously range fans were concerned about him early on, but it's just nice to see it's, he seems to have turned a corner and he's producing and yeah, he just, we hope he just keeps it going because I think his success on the third line is really imperative. If the Rangers want to do some damage, they need three lines going in the playoffs. And you know, now that he's get, he's got Philip Hedl going where I would say as of three, two weeks ago, uh, or maybe even a week and a half ago, Rangers fans were pretty much done with Philip Hedl. They're ready to ship him out of town. And now he's playing himself back to, well, this could, maybe this could be a viable line, but, uh, it's viable because Lafreniere is using his smarts and, you know, and also the veteran savvy of Barkley Goodrow to help that line go as a unit. So, yeah, it's really encouraging to see. Also, I don't mean to, to segue here real hard, but whoever at the MSG network is responsible for the, the superstar spotlight cam, no one likes it. It's a horrible idea. All night, Adam Fox was the superstar spotlight of the game. So they kept showing an ISO cam on him while there's play going on in all just in both just all over the ice. And you can't see it because they literally shake up a giant chunk of the screen with an ISO cam on Adam Fox, which doesn't you don't you see Adam Fox on the screen. You don't need to blow him up. Then you just get a this really weird thing where you can't pay attention to the action because you're looking at a big blown up uh isolation of Adam Fox on the ice. It just it never looks good. It doesn't get you anything interesting. If you want to do an isolation, just put a mic on him and then go to him, you know, on the bench during intermissions or something. I don't know. But whatever this this isolation cam is, it's a horrible idea. No one likes it. Get rid of it. I'm sure I'm not the only one who thinks this, you know. I saw everyone all over social media. I don't think anyone liked it. So, uh, yeah, MSG, you got to get rid of it. And I'm sure my, if James, my co-host, was here, he would feel the exact same way. It stinks. No one likes it. Get rid of it. You obviously feel bad highlighting, you know, a poor play and two back-to-back wins, but, you know, there's a few ranges that seem to be fighting it right now. I mean, after a phenomenal effort against um, <laughs> against the Carolina Hurricanes, you know, Alexander Georgiev just, yeah, you know, I don't think he was too horrible against the Sabres, but he just doesn't look very confident, obviously, coming in relief of Shesterkin against the Devils, yeah, he just, he didn't look confident letting some leaky goals. And then again tonight, um, as of this recording on Sunday, yeah, I just, oops, I just dropped my phone. Yeah, just didn't look all that confident. Uh, you know, some of the goals he had no chance on, but there was, you know, at least just when players are bearing down on him on his crease, he just doesn't look engaged, ready to attack. He looks tentative, especially when you see lobs that are kind of 50-50 plays where Shisterkin would go out and play it or just try to bat it to the corner. Gary just kind of second guesses himself. He hesitates and then he's forced to just try to make a save because he's not being decisive and he's not trusting himself. And again, that might just be just how this season has gone for him. I think he's, it's really had him 
tough at times and questioning his own abilities because he's, you know, I think the two years leading up to this, he's been pretty solid. I mean, but yeah, you know, I think eventually a change of scenery will probably be best for him because I'm not all that confident in him as the Rangers backup right now. It's just a little too inconsistent, but you know, you know, whatever he's, he made good saves when he had to. So, uh, he just played the game that was in front of him. I guess that's all you can really ask for. Um, Patrick Nemeth continues to struggle. You know, he had a nice coming back from the birth of his, uh, you know, his, the birth of his child and just coming over COVID. He had a few segments where he was looking good there, but I just, he's looked real shaky as of late. And, you know, Justin Braun gets sat for him, but, you know, at this point, I'd, you know, and, and Brain Schneider's found himself back in the lineup. I, at this point, I would give Nemeth a seat if I'm Gallant and try Braun who says he can play on his, you know, on either side, just try him on the left with Schneider. So I don't think that happens, unfortunately, but that's what I would do just because it really seems, oh my God, my, my cat Oscar is trying, he's walking over my mic and under wires and he's just creating havoc. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just Nemeth has been fighting it. And I just think we've seen enough this season to know that he's probably one of the weaker links on this Rangers team. So I would give Braun a try with Schneider, see how that pairing fares out. And then the final Ranger who's really been struggling the most has probably been Ryan Strom, him and Panarin. Panarin at times obviously hasn't been as engaged or at least commitment to both sides of the puck as he's been in seasons past here as a Ranger, but he's Panarin. So he still pulls plays out of his ass. Uh, he gets a goal tonight for by being in good position. He still has enough plays that when he's playing at whatever he's giving you know uh you know he's not whole assing it he's half assing it he still can have like a two or three point night that's how brilliant he is but strom has just really been struggling recently and just has some boneheaded penalties and plays and uh yeah i mean as time goes on you, you have to assume chris jury is looking at this and the more andrew cop flourishes with this team especially playing with those two when just in all situations, and the more Strom struggles, you could definitely see that Strom might be playing himself out of town, or at least, you know, might be considered the odd man out come the summertime. Obviously not now, but uh, yeah, it's just he's really struggling, and he's never been a, you know the most consistent 200-foot player, but I just recently, it's just been, you know, it's, he's been fighting it. So I'm, I'm not as much of a Strom hater as some other people are on Rangers social media. I understand that all players have their warts. Strom is a good offensive player who is not much of a defensive player. Um, you know, but he has chemistry with Panera and, it, it, you know, I think in probably at the, on his own, Strom is probably a, a 40 to maybe 50 point guy, but because he plays with Panarin, he can flirt with higher po- point totals between 50 to even getting close to 70 points. And that's who he is. And not a lot of players can, can do that. You know, I th- they think you think that all players, when put with really good players, can elevate their game like that, at least offensively. But and they really can't. But Strom can. But again, he's just not really a complete player, and he's hurt. You know, because he demands a lot of ice time playing with Panarin, being attached to his hip. You want Panarin on the ice a lot. Uh, you have to deal with Strom and sometimes his uh, poor two hundred foot play. So he's really been struggling. Although he did get, um, I thought he was benched. I thought he got benched at first after that first goal, going to the second, but. Uh, apparently it was injury related to a lower body would not return. Uh, Gallant says he doesn't think it's a big deal, but Gallant, uh, as we know, this season underplays injuries because, you know, 
He didn't think he said he didn't think the Kako thing would, would be. He said to be out for a bit, but wouldn't be too bad. We haven't seen Kako in like uh, a month and a half, two months. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, it, it'll be interesting to see when Kako even starts skating. And ha- that hasn't happened yet. Probably not until he said probably not until April now. So, but yeah, we'll wait the word on Strom. But uh, if that happens, I mean, you have to imagine they just slide Cop to play center. This will be the audition. If Strom misses any time, now that you put Cop in that cent- uh, that second line center spot, and you either yeah, who knows? Either you put Lafreniere on the second, bump Lafreniere up to the second line, or uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I knowing knowing uh, Galan, he'll probably just put like Dryden Hunt on the right wing on the second line. But you know, it's just you have options to try, right? So maybe you put Lafreniere back with uh, the first line again, and then you put uh, Vitrano on on the second line on the right wing. So yeah, there's things you can try, right? So uh, we'll see. But again, th- this might be mood. Strom might be fine, but it'll be interesting. I think it would be really interesting to see a, a, the look of a Rangers team in which Panarin ha- doesn't have Ryan Strom to play with, as that we haven't seen that too much over the past couple of seasons. So if if we want to imagine a world post Strom, uh, that would be a chance to get a look at that. But all that negativity aside, again, you can't be too displeased with the Rangers after these last few games because just seeing the emergence of their young players, Alexi Lafreniere, uh, Keandre Miller, um, you know, and even Philip Heedle just starting to shore things up. It's just, yeah, it's just refreshing. I mean, it shows that there is a chance for this team to have life beyond a, you know, beyond the Chris Kreider, Mika Zibanejad, Artemi Panarin era, right? Because eventually this is a team that will the core will be some, you know, combination of Adam Fox, Keandre, Alexi Lafreniere, Kako, if you know, um, and uh, you know Igor. So, yeah, uh, if the Rangers want to have a extended contention window, because again, at some point, you know, players will retire into old age, or they will get traded because they just price themselves out of town, or their performance slips, or whatever it is. So. Um, but the Rangers' best chance to win now is if these players are looking like uh, just looking like they they have the goods to replace them eventually, and that's a tough that's a tall order. But just seeing the swagger these these young players are playing with now, I mean, the more they've got gotten, Galan has trusted them more and more. They've gotten on the ice more and more, and they're working through their issues. And just Keandre, man, what a revelation he's been! And again, listen, he's not perfect. I thought he kind of lost his man a bit on the first goal against but you know no one's going to all all young players are going to make and i think Galan even said this in his last game press conference where they were praising keandre you know all young players especially young defensemen in the national hockey league they make mistakes they they're raw but hey a lot of veteran defensemen make this mistakes too i thought fox had made a couple mistakes tonight despite being the spotlight player you know he's not had as stellar as his two previous seasons you know, although he started off this season really hot but um yeah, it's just it's you know just the confidence Keandre has now stepping up, taking the body, turning the play up ice, using his feet, making passes, and just just using his offensive tool set. You could see his upside is absolutely sky high. He he has Norris defenseman upside, which is great to see because he literally has an unmatched uh, physical tool chest <laughs> for an NHL defenseman. In that he is that he is so tall. 
and yet he is so mobile and fast like a Victor Hedman. There's very few defensemen that are as tall and rangy as him, but can also skate as well and have some offensive uh, instincts and upside because he played as a forward. So, and yeah, the defensive game is really coming around for him. He's way, you know, he's just stronger on in his battle, stronger on the puck. He's just, you know, and just little things, just little chip plays to your get to your partner to not panic in the corner and just not let his people get behind you as much. You know, he still gets caught every now and then. That's going to happen. But all in all, just, yeah, it's just Keandre is really blossoming into, you know, a, he's a burgeoning superstar, that's for sure. And to see him with the OT winner was awesome. You know, and the sell at the end was even better with the uh, little roll of the dice. I love that. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, really, you know, just a, Again, it's not always perfect for this Rangers team, but they just get it done and they win more than they lose, even with, you know, Georgiev conceding, you know, four, four goals on 17 shots in that game. But they find a way to stay in it and they're they're resilient. You know, they no quit in New York. It's the it seems to be their tagline this season. And they've really lived up to that. They don't quit. And, you know, when they have a bad performance, they usually try to come back. And even in that in this game where they took their uh, their foot off the gas against the Sabres, you know, and allowed them to get back into it. Then they they do what they had to do to make sure they were at least uh, in it as well. And they went in overtime and they, you know, I thought they were coming on as a stronger team towards the tail end of that game. So and Buffalo's, you know, like I said, they're they're going to be pretty good pretty soon. A lot of young talent and they're hungry and they play, you know, they're well. I think they're well coached. I think Renato's done a good job with them. So, yeah, kudos to the Rangers for taking care of business, because, again, they're they're real challenge relies against the Penguins. You have a, a tough back-to-back against the Penguins, and he surely pissed off Detroit Red Wings, who beat the Rangers last time, by the way, in uh, in the shootout um, at home. So, yeah, tough task for them Tuesday and Wednesday in back-to-back games, again, with, with the schedule um, just tightening up here. But, you know, you have to figure you give Igor a chance to just repeat his strong performance against the Penguins, especially because that's those points against your divisional uh, the team you're jockeying with for home, <laughs> home ice advantage of the playoffs is super important. And then, yeah, Georgiev not going to have a lot of time, even though he, they got the W technically, he gave up four goals against Buffalo. Uh, he's got a chance to redeem himself against, like I said, a D- Detroit team that just got embarrassed. So, and that'll, you know, so, uh, yeah, I mean, not too much time to, to, to be happy with your, <laughs> your recent success, but if anything, you hope that the message is that, hey, guys, we, we weren't, this wasn't a full effort. This was a, you know, you had a full effort versus the Penguins, then you followed off with a little too easy. So you're facing the Penguins again. You got to do the same thing. If anything, they just beat the, the wheels off of uh, Detroit and they're looking for revenge now. So if you don't match them, you're going to get run over. So do you want to get run over? And that's, uh, you know, leave it up to the players. will decide that with their play on the ice. But their added depth and just... The, the emergence of uh, Alexi Lafreniere and Keandre Miller and Philip Heedle and their young players. This is finally a balanced team. You know, they've finally found some depth and some balance. And uh, yeah, with when you have, when you finally, this team finally has those things, I think all of a sudden I'm a lot higher on their chances to go far in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. 
New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.